Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 4th of November. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day. Let's be honest, the week in markets, business. I'm Nadine Blaney, and I'm here with Andrew Gagan. Andrew, um, how, how was your day? I think you were just saying your head hurts. Look, I'm not surprised because it's been a huge week. Um, certainly with all that central bank activity, yeah. you know, we've had the RBA, we've had the Fed, we had the Bank of England. Uh, no wonder our heads are spinning at the moment because macro is really driving what's going on at a micro level too, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it was interesting. I had a chat with Andrew Tysers from Nomura today and, you know, he wrapped the week saying we had a very hawkish Fed on one end of the spectrum. And then came the Bank of England, sort of moving more toward the in, uh, middle, and then the RBA, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, which was pretty dovish with that 25 basis point hike. Look, 75 uh, for the Bank of England. Yeah, uh, 75 for the FOMC. RBA. RBA oh, was 25. Um, yeah, so, yeah. No, I was going to say because... <laughs> no, it has been a long week, but not that long. <laughs> no, no, because you talk about dovish. It's, it's fascinating that, in fact, that 75 basis point hike by the Bank of England it's been called dovish. Just tells you where we're at at the moment because of the state of the economy, and I guess that really tight rope that the uh, the BOE have to have to walk at the moment. Because, I mean, let's face it, that economy is dire at the moment. Yet they've got to fight inflation somehow. Yeah, and they're they're sort of acting, I guess, without all the information. I mean, I'm sure they've had talks with the new. Uh, treasurer to find out what potentially could be in this fiscal package that is still yet to be released. But, you know, obviously, um, going by recent history, monetary policy, fiscal policy need to be working in tandem, particularly in England or all hell, excuse my French, but will potentially break loose. All that being said, Andrew, just getting to today and this local market, when I was on air at 10 o'clock, things were negative And I was saying, as I want to do. No big surprise, considering the lead-in from Wall Street. And then look, we've turned positive through the day today. I'll happen sort of around 11 o'clock and into the the noon hour. And for the week to date, our market will be closing up somewhere around 1.4%. Like that's a very resilient market considering that news flow we were just talking about. Yeah. So what's it tell you? I mean, with that extreme volatility and, and I guess how investors are feeling at the moment is that they they want to be bullish, but obviously there's concern there. Are they looking across that valley and seeing the opportunity there? In fact, I mean, you only have to look at tech stocks. And I was, I was speaking with um, Josh Gilbert from Intoro this morning at the valuations of US tech, obviously, which has suffered tremendously. Oh, the drops have been massive. And, you know, I was asking him, you know, are you seeing good value there? He says, look, a company like Meta which has been absolutely smashed, he says it it looks really compelling. Would you be brave enough to buy it at these levels? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is a long-term story because obviously it's the big players in the metaverse. Mark Zuckerberg saying he's going to have to spend hundreds of 
billions of dollars to get that up and running if you're prepared to go for the long haul perhaps um perhaps it's it's worth it in fact um josh making a comparison there with amazon and its transition into uh it's playing in web services you know how's that played out played out well well up until recently i guess well, this was going to be my point is that, and this is obviously not financial advice, but I would not be buying Meta. I saw some data released. Um, I saw it via The Daily Shot, which is a great little newsletter I get daily, just showing the amount of drop-off in people actually using Twitter and you know, lots of people not buying this whole Metaverse push and the money that it's spending on it. But I'm desperately looking here for the stats on Amazon, to your point. I think Amazon is down like 40-something mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. And you've got to think, boy, that looks like good value because people aren't all of a sudden – like I can understand that people will all of a sudden stop using um, – you know, Facebook as much and they don't really believe in the metaverse and the money that's being spent into it. But while spending will slow, people aren't all of a sudden, like we're not going back to a pre-Amazon environment. And yeah, it's pretty Sounded incredible. It's isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, that, that spending will pick up. Um, you know, I guess another big issue in the States at the moment is that, that real drop off in advertising spending, which is hitting a lot of those tech firms as well. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a lot of unknowns. We're not trying to paint this as some sort of an amazing, you know, Australia versus the rest of the world. Everything's great story. But I did speak with June Lu from Tribeca Investment Partners. And uh, she reckons, look, uh, the Australian market is doing well, comparatively speaking. She anticipates that it will be a, a pretty good run into the end of the year and continues to emphasize the fact that it is a stock picker's market right now that because of that value emerging in some of those names if you do your research if you get advice you know there is money to be made from this moment that we find ourselves in now yeah so you think the australian market has done well chinese stocks just reading the headline there um headed for the best week in two years um and that is there though (laughs) yeah once again you know relative low base um but it's all in that speculation that that Beijing's going to drop COVID zero. Yeah, I mean, I had a chat with Vivek Dar from Commonwealth Bank earlier this week, which stuck in my mind because that came on those reports. Remember that, I think it was yesterday, day before those reports, quote unquote, or rumors that there was some sort of concrete plan coming through to, uh, to end COVID zero. Vivek's point was, look, we know that that will eventually happen. He put a timeline on it being when the you know, the political establishment meets yet again in March. So, of course, China eventually will come out of COVID zero. But, boy, there can be a lot of pain in between now and then. And we've seen it really reflected in the data coming from China, even just this week, you know, slowing and contraction in the services sector, for example. Um, you know, it, it's it's a complicated picture in China. And, of course, we'll feel it here. Yeah, well, you know, you have to look at the iron ore stocks to see where they are likely to go, but obviously they've been under extreme pressure. Yet back to today's movement, um, they've got a good bit. Um, Fortescue up uh, around 3% today. Oh, I hadn't noticed, uh, yeah. Rio and BHP up more than 1.5%. Uh, but then, you know, once again, they have suffered recently at the same time. And energy, that's been a standout today. Uh, oil price is up and Woodside uh, up close to 4%. On individual stock moves, EML is seeing some buyers today after really bad news earlier in the week in terms of further problems with the regulators. 
in uh, in in the UK. Um, but you know, I guess everything has its price. <laughs> Although on the call today. Jim Lu and Adam Dawes from Sean Partners said that they wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Alcom did well today. Mineral Resources, Whitehaven Coal, CSR, CSR reported today. And a pretty favorable market reaction to that report, up by eh, not quite 4%, but uh, looking pretty pretty strong. Its uh, first half net profit did fall, along with its underlying profit, but dividends rose, and it uh, said that it sees earnings in the range of 8 to $24 million in FY23. So it says that it's, you know, pretty confident in its ability to manage the inflationary environment and that it's got good visibility on its pipeline. So yeah, being rewarded on uh, on this day as we head toward the weekend. Andrew, just indulge me for a moment and I'll get you across some of the, the moves to the downside, see if we can find some good stories in there. Remelius, um, Blackmore's Magellan, further outflows from Magellan and mm. the share price suffering throughout the session today. Well, and in that space, of course, we've got that ongoing, uh, what do, do I call it, a battle where uh, with uh, with Pendle and Perpetual, is it on, yeah. is it off? And obviously, as far as um, you know, the play by Regal Partners is concerned. So a bit of angst there, I guess, certainly as far as... Um, Pendle is concerned, saying that, that that deal is on, even though Perpetual is now the subject of being it's complicated. Itself. It's it complicated, yeah. yeah. Pendle reported today, so put that into the mix as well, Yeah, saying that the Perpetual proposal uh, is going ahead. Uh, there's some market commentary I just see flashing across my screen that the proposal from the consortium for perpetual looks too low but andrew you've set us up nicely because pendle and perpetual were the stocks uh, plural of the day today on the call jim Lu and adam dawes weigh in I do think uh, we are going through a tough period for a lot of fund managers, so especially the larger uh, institutions. We all have seen what's happening with their flows and um, you know and their AUM. Perpetual is probably one of the best performing. Uh, just at this point, um, you know, it's pro- probably more of a neutral. Got it. But then, really, uh, RPL is the, is the way to play this because if Regal then does come in with the with the consortium. BPEA is the uh, private yep. equity consortium. Um, they're going to get a lot of funds under management for a, a nice little price, which will mean that Regal, and sorry to say this, Jim Bay, but Regal will then become the largest fund manager in Australia. So, Andrew, in there was a bonus buy for Regal. That was Adam's pick. He said, yeah, hold Pendle Perpetual if you're in them, but where the value really could be is in Regal if this goes through. Yeah, well, that's right. That's the one that's come from left field, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, shares were up by, you know, 4%, 5% today. Yep. Okay. So, um, to come... Tonight, of course, the all-important. Oh, geez, it's not over yet, is it? You know I put you on the spot every Friday. (laughs) Do not do that this week. (laughs) You're banned from doing that again. I don't know what's going to come in this Uh, job. Well, interesting timing, isn't it? Because it has come after uh, the Fed's meeting, but uh, that'll obviously be considered where the job market's going for their next meeting, and uh, be interesting to see the market reaction as we get those numbers. Next week will be a big one as well. We've got the midterms in the U.S., so likely to see the return of a divided government so you know well presidency versus house versus senate um, policy gridlock in other words oh gosh yeah but i'm just reading a note from shane oliver from amp he says that 
It's not necessarily bad for shares if you see a divided house. Betting markets are putting the probability of the Republicans taking the House at 90%, Senate at 70%. But he says that, you know, after midterm elections, we usually see positivity for U.S. shares because uncertainty is removed and the president will look to boost the economy in the third year of the presidency to get reelected the next year. We had Biden saying, nothing to see here. Uh, economy's going well. Cost of living is, pressures are under control. So we'll see. He's obviously talking it all up heading into those midterms. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, you also got to factor in they're now, that's certainly signaling the next run, which is to the next presidential election. And um, who's going to be the player there? Are oh. we going to see the return of. I feel like Biden's getting a bit old. Yeah. Getting? Yeah, a bit. Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the Democrats haven't put forward any other, no. you know, candidates at this point. And of course, we're still waiting to see whether Donald Trump's going to run again. And oh, Lord. Um, you saw if, if history repeats and where that takes us to. So, yeah, I would say stand by for um, much more political volatility in the two years leading up to the next cycle. But I think that, you know, the outcome of these midterms will determine, uh, you know, what the fortunes hold for Donald Trump and his supporters. So we will see. Emboldened, I, uh, I reckon they may be. Yeah. Now, of course, um, as well as jobs, we get that tonight, next week. Also, uh, U.S. inflation figures yeah. too. Has it turned? It depends on where you look in the economy, I guess, um, because now services looking very strong. And uh, Jay Powell is going to keep going at it and his team until the inflation genie is back in the bottle. That we do know. That was confirmed this week. You know what we have here? We've got the NAB business survey. That is still showing you know, evidence of a strong economy. Andrew Ticehurst, again, just to name drop, um, said that he'll be really looking at forward orders and employment in that report because they've been going so strong still. So, you know, to see any sort of a change in sentiment coming there will be interesting. And I think consumer confidence will be really interesting because, mm. you know, all of our mortgages are going up unless you're in a fixed. And so then you know it's coming next year or the year after. So, yeah, it, I wonder how consumers are feeling. Yeah, I still get the sense that it's being underplayed. I mean, I know the Reserve Bank has a good eye on what's going on in the property market, but, um, you know, obviously no one wants to see the value of their property fall. But when it comes at the lower end, uh, given those rates are going up, the pressure, uh, we haven't really seen any significant rise in delinquencies as yet. But you would have to say there comes a tipping point yeah. where households are simply stretched to the point where they break. Those ones that took out loans at the height yep. of the market, you know, interest only, all the rest of it. There will be. It's just that it lags. It takes some time to go through. So, again, interesting next week will be to hear from NAB, reporting full year, and Westpac. Because I thought that Shane Elliott from ANZ sounded a lot more cautious and potentially not as as positive as, you know, Matt Common had, for example, just mm. – um, you know, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I guess now. But, you know, you we're starting to get a bit more caution, I think, likely to be expressed by these CEOs in terms of the broader economy. You know, sure, no big provisioning now, no big losses um, in the mortgage books, but, you know, cautioning that it might might be to, still to come. Yeah, I still think it's a little surprising, though, because we've been through AGM season here. Yeah. No outstanding downgrades, really. I mean, no real surprises. No, I and think even dominoes. In the, even in the States, um, Look, there have been, you know, there have been shocks. Um, you'd say they're not unexpected shocks because <laughs> of where those are, so you know, particularly shock. in the tech sector. <laughs> um, 
But nonetheless, um, you know, I guess overall most have been beats as far as their forecast for earnings are concerned. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that Domino's this week was sort of a dose of reality. Um, again, pointing to a lot of factors in Europe and outside yeah, I think their Europe control. Yeah, big drag as far um, as they're concerned. But, you know, we spoke with Don May back in reporting season mm. and he was pretty relaxed about it all. So, so, so clearly, you know, reality bites. Um, and Domino's, just to, I guess, bring it back to today, did see some buying. So severe selling yesterday in the wake of that, but um, up today. So again, maybe people seeing a little bit of value in Domino's today. All right. Well, why don't we uh, draw the line under the week then, Nadine? Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. I oh, sounded a bit uh, presumptuous. Sorry. No, no. I'm saying, okay. Yep. <laughs> done. You call it. I'm good with it. <laughs> All right. Well, look, have a great weekend. You too. 